This is WNIJ's Under Rocks, a podcast where we explore unique people, places, or experiences right here in our backyard. And our latest trip took us to the small village of Pecatonica, where nestled between forests and farms is the Vipassana Meditation Center. People come from all around the world to this remote spot because they say it changes their lives. The center features a course that is 10 days long, where those who practice stay in silence that whole time and spend up to six to eight hours a day in meditation. Some at the center described it as boot camp for your mind. And join us as we investigate and learn more here on Under Rocks. We are here, and so so tell us, where where have we landed today? What what describe the Vipassana Center. Okay, it's, um, we have about 25 acres of rural land, but this had been a farm for quite a number of years. And people just love coming out here because it's in a rural it's area. It's beautiful. And so many of the centers are in a rural area, but you have the trees, you have the water, you can see the sky. How many of these centers are there around uh, in oh, America? Oh, I should count. The there, there are about four or five in Canada and about um, six or seven now in the United States okay. and all around the world. And you get students from, from everywhere? Everywhere. Okay. Mm-hmm. Yeah. How far is the farthest student? Uh, Mongolia. Mongolia? Yeah. Wow. <laughs> I say that because we just had a Mongolian student here okay. on the last course. Wow. But they come, uh, people from South Africa, people from Argentina. And what are they hoping to, why come to Pecatonica if I'm in South Africa? Well, why, a, do, a lot of times they might be visiting Chicago or they might have relatives okay. here or they might find they can't get a spot in any other center. Okay. Uh, because all the centers have lots of wait lists, long sure. wait lists. Uh-huh. And what happened? So you come and you're a student and it's a 10-day program? Yeah. And can you give us an idea of like, what's, give us an overview or what's a typical day? Okay, a typical day starts at 4.30. You wake up at 4 in, in the, the morning. morning. If, okay. if, if some people don't. <laughs> but you wake up at 4. There's yeah. a gong at 4 and 4.20. And then you start meditating at 4.30. Wow. And meditate until 6.30, when that's usually the breakfast break, from 6.30 to 8. When you say meditate, you're, you're sitting still? Mm-hmm. You're, you're not, you're supposed to empty your mind? I mean, give us a, what does that mean, just to meditate? Okay. Probably... Well, to sit, you, you, we, there are three times a day, um, three group sittings where everybody comes to the Donna Hall. Okay. And they sit for an hour together. Okay. And um, as you progress in day four, you get the Vipassana instructions, day zero, zero night to day four in the afternoon. You're practicing concentration. So you're not talking at all Not to talking each other. at all. Um, one of the main um, points is noble silence because any kind of talk other than what goes on in your mind. And then you become very aware of what a monkey mind we have. Oh, interesting. But any kind of talk or interaction is real distraction from learning to concentrate and learning right. to observe sensations within the body. And the, the term is noble, noble talk? Noble silence. Noble silence, mm-hmm. okay. And so people do say that they will agree to that. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. 
because that's an important part. And many people, um, sometimes their work colleagues bet on whether they can stay can silent. For 10 days, yeah, I, I would not <laughs> Or family that. members that yeah. sort of bet on whether they can stay silent. Wow. But so, it, usually everybody is so appreciative of that. Right. And they, it stuns them to think, I was silent for that long. So most people are able to get through it. Most yeah, people are able yeah. to do it. But, mm-hmm. I, but I, I cut you off, so we're just at breakfast on the first day. Okay. Okay. Then so what? then after breakfast, then you have a group sitting where you come and sit for an hour together. Okay. And then you have instructions right after that. And then um, you meditate until 11 o'clock when there's a lunch break from 11 to 1, okay. and then you come back in and meditate up in the dorm or here in the Dhamma Hall. Okay. Uh, and then at 2.30, there's another group sitting where everybody meditates together. And a lot of people say, okay, I'm going to meditate up in my room at the non-group sitting times, but a lot of people like to stay in the Dhamma Hall around other people because they feel more accountable. They don't wiggle as much. Okay. It's still silence and you're yes. trying to sit still. Mm-hmm. And I'm guessing lunch break isn't McDonald's. You're not... No. <laughs> it's a regular... All the meals are uh, regular, simple vegetarian meals. Okay. Uh-huh. And then after 2.30 to 3.30, it's group sitting. And then there's another set of instructions, short. And then... Five to six is a tea time break, Um, and you usually just have tea, and new students have fruit. Old students are asked not to eat anything at night time. Why is that? Um, It just sort of promotes, and they feel they can meditate better. On an empty stomach yeah. or on mm-hmm. a smaller stomach, So you can, Glinka, the teacher says, no fasting, but you can eat breakfast and lunch, and that's a kind of fast. Some people like to not eat at all, but he says this is too hard to, such a hard work experience. Yeah. You're working really hard, so you need that kind of nourishment. And so new students get to have a little fruit Mm -hmm. just to get them through. Yeah. And then if anybody, some people have to eat every two hours because of hypoglycemia. Or if you're pregnant. Sure. Or if you're like 18 or 19 or 20 years old. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, oh, I remember those days. Uh So so people do this while they're pregnant? Yes. Mm -hmm. And the babies just seem to love it. I'll bet. (laughs) And and the mothers can tell. I bet that's what they're doing all day anyway. Mm -hmm. They're just sitting in the... Mm-hmm. Well, but <laughs> when you have lots of things going on in your life that yeah, yeah. creates biochemicals inside. So no caffeine? No, people can use caffeine. Oh, they can. Uh-huh. Okay. Yeah. No we alcohol, I'm guessing. No, no, none. Okay. Mm-hmm. And um, we ask people not to have physical contact. Okay. Noble silence, no physical contact, because that's a distraction. Right. And for a lot of people, physical contact has been very damaging. What do you mean by that? Well, they've maybe had some kind of abuse. Oh, I see. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. Um, so this just sort of separates your body yes, from the rest of the Yes, and it keeps world. you from any kind of distraction. Okay. Now, oh, let me finish the schedule. Okay. So then there's a six to seven group sitting. And then from 7.15 to 8.15, there's a discourse where Mr. Gwinka, it's videoed, 
and it was in 1991 when this video was made. Wow. But we all thinking that's the last thing in the world we would ever want to do anything about because it's such a wonderful, he's such a wonderful teacher and instructor. Right. And the technique is so simple. Uh, and you can go online on YouTube and see all the videos, or you can go on periati.org, which is a website. Um, and it's a book, sells books and pamphlets and videos okay. and podcasts and has interviews um, that you can listen to, sign up for and listen to. And we'll you put can, that on our website. We'll put a link to that. Yeah, and it's just wonderful. It has so many resources on it. Okay. Yeah, and so you can, there's the discourse, and then there's, uh, right after the discourse, there's the instructions for what you practice the next day. Mm -hmm. Practice the rest of the night until 9 o'clock, and then when you wake up at 4 and start practicing at 4.30, it's the new set of instructions for the day. Uh, mm -hmm. how, how many times have you gone through the program? Is it countable? Well, I've, I've been, I can't remember the number of yeah. times, but... Um, I feel like I've listened to his discourses 50 to 75 times. Wow. It feels like 100. That's an exaggeration. But every time, I think, I didn't hear that before. He didn't say that before. Oh, interesting. And I have taken notes on all the discourses. I look at my notes. Yes, he did. <laughs> I just wasn't ready to hear it. Wow. Mm -hmm. And I've been at this 30 years. Right. You know, so something new every every time. Do you scratch yeah. it if you have an issue? Well, you try not to react. Okay. So wow. to, to stay equanimous with the sensations yeah. is to not react. Ooh. <laughs> I have a busy mind and I'm itchy. So I, know. I think this will be a real, this well, will be a challenge. Well, it could be. Itchiness is a result of a busy mind. Oh, really? Yeah, I guess that makes sense. You know, sense. it might be coming through that way. Yeah, that's interesting. Mm -hmm. There was one guy who said for the first, one of the first courses he sat, his big toe just ached enormously throughout the whole course. He didn't have gout. Uh -huh. But something, some Sankarat pattern, one of those unconditional patterns of reaction was right. expressing through his big toe. <laughs> and you, and do, you, do you have to sit tall? Is it like a yoga position? Or he he just... basically says, keep your neck and your back straight. Okay. And, and other than that... And you... some people can sit cross-legged. Other people have never been able to sit cross-legged, so we have yeah. to sit in a chair. So we should say that it looks like you've got little mats on the floor mm -hmm. and a couple of pillows, and mm -hmm. it looks like each one is set up in a specific way, I guess. Yeah, that to... and it depends on the number of people we have, and right now we're only having 10 men and 10 women. Why separate the men and the women? Um, Just distracting? A very distracting. Yeah, okay. Mm -hmm. And all sorts of sang those unconditional patterns of passion can come up. Uh -huh. You can, and I know women have said, I can really feel the guy, some guy looking at us. Right. And the men say, I can really feel some woman looking at us. So both mm. really like the separation. It just removes the mm -hmm. issue entirely. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And that issue is going to come up anyway, passion mm -hmm. is, but if it's, if people are interacting, it comes up even more. Do you, do you correct like in a yoga class? Or, 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 or let me, I, I read that like in Zen meditation that people get hit sometimes, you can get slapped. No, by, not, no. 
Nothing like that no. happens in this? Okay. Never. <laughs> no. Well, I guess there's no physical touching anyway. So. Uh, now, probably some students might like to go sock somebody. Yeah. <laughs> On the last course, there was a person who was sort of going. Oh, gosh. Which drove the one sitting next to that person crazy. Yeah. <laughs> but that's, you know, that's if you can stay with the sensation of being that kind of irritation, because that comes up as sensation. Yes. And you have equanimity with those sensations, you learn not to have reactions to things like that. So it's keeping, it's helping us be balanced. Wow. And it's non-reactive. It's not non-responsive. You know, when we yeah. have to respond, it helps us learn how to respond appropriately right. rather than knee-jerk reaction. I'm just thinking about this, but it really is sort of the small irritations that drive you crazy, yeah. worse than the big irritations. Yeah. And yeah. I mean, I would not be able to sit next to that person. I you you got to come. Right. <laughs> you too, Spencer. We just, we're just trying to um, hear different people's experience of what it's like to sit through the program. What's your name is? Kim, Kim Boonhang. And uh, how did you first hear about the meditation program? I had a friend wanted me to sit a long time ago when I um, first lost my son and she saw me oh. miserable. So I didn't get to hear until probably 10 years later. Okay. <laughs> Beneficial. Yeah. And so it does, did it help sort it helps sort through grief and it helps me see things a lot right more different because I seek a lot of uh, help from you know like the temple Buddhist temple and all that because okay. I grew up in a Buddhist in what country religion from I'm from Laos Laos okay yeah and from that traditions it's totally different methods from where I came from. So did you but have to similar. Un, uh, similar? Similar to it. Did you have to unlearn certain methods? Oh, there's a, there's a lot yeah. to unlearn. Would you say this is more, this is easier to meditate? This or? is more difficult. In what way? In a lot of ways. You're, you're working with your mind. Uh-huh. So you have to switch from the day-to-day -day life. It's different from, you know, I mean, right. you have to relearn. It's like a boot camp for your, for your mind. <laughs> yeah, boot camp for your mind. It's a boot camp for your mind, yeah. pretty much, yeah. Are you good at sitting still and oh, yeah. better at that? Yeah, yeah. I mean, you can find the right way for you to sit comfortably, you know. Okay. Depends on... Everybody sits differently? Everybody sits differently. You, you find your own way. Okay. Can we ask you a couple questions about the experience of... Uh, yeah. Uh, so your name is John, and... Yes. Uh, what's your last name? You it's know? else. Just like who else or what else. Okay. Yeah. Thanks, John. Uh, how many times have you... Uh, you're the manager here, so I'm yep. guessing you've gone through the program a lot. Yep. Yeah, I think I've done five or six courses. Okay. Yeah, over a couple of years. I've done three in the last year. How did you discover it? Um... I had done some meditation in my early 20s, um, took a break, and a friend of mine had mentioned this 10-day oh. meditation course that was uh, just based on donations, Right. you know, and so being a young 
person with not a lot of money. It, it sparked my interest, and uh, that was uh, in 2010, the first time I took a 10-day course here. Okay. Are yeah. you from the area? I'm from the Detroit area. Okay. Yeah. Detroit. So, yeah. uh, and can you, what's the experience like your first time sitting through? Yeah. How does it compare to other meditation mm-hmm. that you had done? So, before I came into the 10-day course, I was kind of going through a difficult period in my life, just dealing with some stress, um, and I didn't really know what to expect um, when I came in here, and uh, it was it was pretty intense. You know, I had done meditation before, but this was uh, a little bit different than some other techniques. You know, for one, you sit for an hour straight. A lot yeah. of other techniques, you know, it's maybe 20, 30 minutes, you take a break, come back to it. It's kind of intense in that regard. Um, but what I think what I appreciated about this uh, technique, this uh, school a lot, was uh, the gentleman who started this, uh, S.N. Goenka, he gives discourses every evening. And it really just, he really just spelled out the Buddhist path in such a clear way to me okay. that I hadn't encountered before. It made it really practical for okay. me. Yeah. You can feel after you complete a program mm-hmm. and you go out back out into the world again, you can yeah. feel the benefits of it. Big time. I mean, I, I left feeling like a different person Yeah. just in terms of how I felt emotionally, mentally, even in my body. I, you know, I had gone into it pretty stressed out dealing with, you know, some issues in my life at the time and they were virtually gone when I left. Yeah. When when did you first discover it? How did you first come out here? This particular technique was in 2012. In fact, it was 10 years ago this month, October. Oh, okay. Yeah. Before and that, I messed around a little bit with Zen and uh, Tibetan Buddhism. Just uh, dabbled with that a little bit. And this technique uh, somehow resonated with you more, or it did. And in what 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 about it was different that spoke to you? I felt like I meditated for the first time. Hmm. Yeah. Yeah. I really did. Uh, the sensations that I felt, uh, the experiences that I had, and. Uh, it was just like I said, whoa! You know, was, was it right from the first day? Right from the yeah, from the first uh, first one, yeah, okay. from the very first one. It was just uh, it was kind of an explosion, you know. From there, huh. and then of course you you sit the second course, and I've sat a number of courses. And I've sat the long courses too. And of course, after the first course, you get all these expectations and say, oh yeah, hey, you know, I'm going to go back there again and yeah. <laughs> I'm going to get all these sensations and all these thrills and all this other kind of stuff and eh, not quite. <laughs> no? So each time it really is different? I'm sorry? Each time you do it, it's different? Oh yeah. Yeah, it's different. I mean, each time, each time you meditate, it depends upon, you know, where you are uh, and what you're doing. Um, it's kind of like here with the construction that I have going on and, and we have going on, I should say here, uh, if your mind is occupied at the end of the day and it's more difficult to settle the mind down, but you know it is about basically taming the mind also too and getting up above it and 
okay, all this stress, all these other factors are there, okay, let's just observe them. Let's see what they do. And I find that, you know, when I do observe these different things, the worry or whatever it is, it has a life cycle all its own. And if you just put it out there and it just fades, and if you really observe it and you don't get entangled in it and you're just in the observation, uh, and it just fades and then something else comes along and oh that'll come back up again and you just observe it and it fades again and it's so just it's just change it sounds change. like I've heard a couple of people say that it sounds like when you're still feeling the anxiety but you're, yes. you're able to sort of separate from what that's physically doing to you yeah or exactly paying attention to when it comes and when it goes the right and you pay you pay attention and, it, and if you just observe it it's like everything else it just comes and it goes it's it just all on its own there's nothing that you have to do you know i found that is when you get problems is when you get wrapped up in it and you lose your separation you lose your awareness of the situation right is when you get hmm. problems because then you get all stressed out and you get wrapped up into it and you're such in a tight ball with it and you're identified with yeah. it so much is that that is where you the problems are but it, it's difficult and, you know like I say when you know at the end of the day here when everything is going and these contractors did this and this all this and so it's difficult but you know in the morning yeah, you generally no problem you know or trying to go to sleep at night sometimes you know the mind starts to crank and you say well wait a minute no it'll be there in the morning I like that approach yeah. uh -huh. it's not an academic no. Meditation. It's, mm -hmm. a, it's yeah. living. I mean, you can yeah. build. You can do construction and then also meditate. Mm -hmm. Yeah. In the same yeah. day. Absolutely. Absolutely. And he did, talked. And you all. You all talked about that so beautifully. Hmm. It all comes down to sensation. Sensation. The way this, I see it, yeah, is like, for instance, let's say I'm driving and the other car cuts me off. Generally, I would direct my anger towards the person in that car yeah but i know that's not going to do anything if instead of uh, drawing my attention to the object of my frustration the other driver i focus on just the sensation itself in my body and so i'm taking responsibility for my own feelings and by reacting in anger I'm going to be the one who suffers the most, not the person who I'm directing right. it towards. I mean, they could. In fact, both will suffer. But it just it's a tool for taking responsibility for what's going on. And it, and it gets me out of my head, too. I mean, yeah, you, you, verb, you internally verbalize the anger, but you especially feel it. And it's a sensation in the body. And by being aware of it and understanding the nature of impermanence, that these things come and go. They pass. It's constantly... That's... The nature of reality is things arise and they pass away. Yeah, yeah. Just by knowing that, mm -hmm. okay, yeah. let's watch it. I'm, I'm angry. Yeah. Mm -hmm. I'm observing it. I'm observing it. But you observe the sensation. Yeah. But you might want to go into processing the content and storyline, mm -hmm. but not while you're sitting, you're observing the sensation. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And it's, it's, almost, it's interesting that 10 days of, of sitting still mm -hmm. is able to 
you're able to bring that forward into the world and focus that mm-hmm. energy because it's yeah. not really about being quiet. It's sort of a, or or mm. not doing it. It's it's not about inaction, yeah. right? It's yeah. about no. You're at very active, right? Yeah. <laughs> you're active sitting in a posture that has your neck and back straight. You're active, yeah. um, concentrating the mind, observing what the breath is doing, and this was Buddha's contribution. He found the link that allowed us to come out of suffering, and that link was observing the sensations. Thanks so much for joining us for another edition of WNIJ's Under Rocks. And a big, big thanks goes out to Ginger Lightheart, John Else, John Maneski, and Kim Bunang of the Vipassana Meditation Center in Pecatonica. Thanks so much to them for talking with us. And you can learn more about Vipassana Meditation and the Center in Pecatonica by visiting dhamma.org. That's D-H-A-M-M-A. And if you have ideas for unique experiences, people, or places you think we should investigate next, send us an email at rocks at niu.edu. Thanks once again for joining us, and we will see you next time on another edition of Under Rocks.